Glad Tidings is sponsored by Bet365 and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company and with the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results and players to score a number of goals and other things to create your own personalised bet. If you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, and please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to Glad Tidings, the Athletics Everton Football Club podcast. As ever, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, and I'm joined by my colleague and fellow Everton correspondent, Patrick Boyland, and we've got a lot of good news to talk about. Of course, the arrival at Goodison Park on a three-year deal of James Rodriguez from Real Madrid. Um, a bit of a pinch-yourself moment in terms of signings, and that followed the capture of Alan from Napoli, another really important part of the uh, midfield going forward under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, as we're recording this on Tuesday lunchtime, there's the imminent arrival also of Abdoulaye Decoré, another poorly kept secret. And it really does feel like some upward momentum in every sense at Everton uh, ahead of the season beginning at the weekend. So thanks for, as ever for listening. We will be talking about all that during this episode. Let's then, Paddy, start with the biggest news um, and possibly, I've heard it discussed elsewhere, Possibly the the biggest um, Everton signing of the Premier League era in Rodriguez. What do you make of that one? Is that too grand a statement? It's difficult to measure this, isn't it? It's difficult to quantify. Um, in terms of excitement levels, yeah, I think it probably is. Uh, it surpasses, for me, the addition of Romelu Lukaku on a permanent deal after his loan in, in 2013-14. So... Because of Hannes' status, because of what he's done in the game, because of his following globally, not only in Colombia, but in the rest of South America, America and, and effectively the, the rest of Spanish-speaking world, this is obviously a big statement. It's a big statement, big splash that Everton are making in the marking. So I'd be tempted to say yes, in the Premier League era, we've certainly joined the Moyes era. We became accustomed to Everton. Let's not say penny-pinching as such. Sometimes it was that, but often what we got was... And of highly rated players from the championship. Lescott, Baines, Jagielka, Cahill, players of that ilk. This is in a completely different stratosphere. And to be fair to Fahad Mashiri, we've been operating in that stratosphere in terms of transfer fees since his arrival in 2016. But I think we've long written about Mashiri's desire for what we would consider to be Hollywood names. That's managers, coaches, players, anyone associated with Everton Football Club, effectively hiring as well as he can do, hiring the best for Everton Football Club. He hasn't always got there, but I think Ancelotti's appointment following swiftly on, um, well, James, if we flip it, James's signing, um, following swiftly on from Ancelotti's appointment back in December, sends that message finally. It shows how serious this project is. And I think the other thing to point out here is that this is, arguably a signing that does not happen without Carlo Ancelotti as Everton's manager. It's all well and good having the ambition. It's actually all well and good having the resources. But players like James and also Alan as well, who obviously joined recently, those players come 
for somebody. They want to work under somebody like Carlo Ancelotti. They have worked under him. They know what a top manager he is. And they, they want to come to Everton Football Club in part because of him. So a real statement signing for me and, and something um, I think that fans are rightful to be excited about. Do you think that there's a degree of risk, isn't there? I know I was chatting to this uh, over the weekend. Um, I think Everton have done extraordinarily well with, with the fee, which we, we believe is... is um, not what you perhaps would imagine for a player of his stature, albeit he's he's dropped off in, in recent seasons, but certainly less than twenty million. Um, nevertheless, like I say, he hasn't played his best football for some time now. Like eight appearances, people have mentioned that um, at Real Madrid. Is there a degree of risk, and, and do, do you think it, it basically comes down to Ancelotti believing he can get the James Rodriguez who scored those seventeen goals and got seventeen assists the first season at the Bernabeu? Uh, get him firing again. I mean, it's, if anyone can do it, surely it, it seems to be it's Ancelotti, isn't it? Yeah, and it was quite interesting. Anybody that reads our site um, will have, by now, had a look at the long read we put together on how Everton signed James Rodriguez. Big spoiler for those that haven't read it, Carlo Ancelotti played a big role, as did Farhad hmm. Mashiri. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, um, but Carlo um, made calls, several calls, we believe, um, to James to explain where he was going to fit in, explain more about Everton and the culture at Everton under under him. And in that regard, I think they've got the man they wanted. It wasn't maybe the first name that Ancelotti gave to Everton's board and Mashiri. Uh, that was Hoiberg from Southampton, we're led to believe. Um, but this is one of the first um, and a player that Ancelotti obviously knows a lot about and has enjoyed working with in the past. As I said, I don't think it happens without Ancelotti's input. The risks come from, as you mentioned, the fact that he's 29, the fact that he's played less and less football throughout his time at Real Madrid, culminating in last season, where he obviously wanted to leave. He wanted to go to Atletico. I think he'd have been quite happy to go to Napoli and actually join Ancelotti for a third time in his career. But neither of those two moves came off. And he was out of favour with Zidane. So reached a little bit of an impasse. Injuries have also played a part. He, he has kind of succumbed, let's say, semi-regularly to injuries. Um, for a 29-year-old with that kind of injury record and on what some are reporting to be a £7 million a year contract, that obviously does carry its own degree of risk. That being said, Everton have got money off their own wage bill. Um, getting rid of Morgan Schneidlin saves them an awful lot of money. Both they, they recoup a transfer fee, a small nominal transfer fee. They also get um, is roughly 100 grand a week salary off the books as well. So Everton have made inroads um, in this domain. And I think it goes back to what you said. Ancelotti feels maybe he's not going to get Hamez back to 2014 superlative best player at the World Cup levels but he's going to get Hammers to a level where he is a good Premier League operator, a very good Premier League operator, and a key part of this Everton side. And he's, he's looked around, and it's quite interesting. He's, he's only obviously been here now since December. Big statement was that he wanted changes in the midfield. He's got those with Alan and Ducore. But he's also, I think, looked at the fact that Everton weren't particularly creative last season, didn't have many guys getting above even two or three assists in midfield. 
and decided somebody like Hammers is the man to do that. Now, for anybody that's not read our article, and again, please please go and look on it because I'm um, I'm only kind of paraphrasing and taking chunks here. But there was a really lovely graphic put together by our stats guy Tom, looking at Hammers's minutes in club football and league football since he broke through at Porto and with Monaco, and then his stats per 90 minutes on the pitch, both in terms of goals and assists. And in most years since 2012, 2013, in terms of per 90 minutes, James Rodriguez is as good as a goal every single game he sets foot on the pitch. That's either a goal or an assist. Now, that, that's quite a staggering stat, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, isn't it? When you've got somebody with that level of productivity. Um, for example, you look at the Everton squad at the moment, Bernard of the midfielders, was top goal scorer last season with three. Mm. Uh, Assist-wise, I think Gilfie Sigurdsson got three, predominantly from set-piece situations. And there was a lot of burden on Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin to score goals, and Richarlison and Luca Dean, and maybe Jibril Sidibe as well, to create. James gives you elements of both here. He gives you a goal scorer, somebody that should, all being well if he stays fit enough for the time, get you 8 to 12, let's say, league goals a season and should do the same again in assists, potentially even more, given how good his left foot is at delivering the ball into the penalty area. So you look at this as a signing that can really improve Everton in a number of areas, like with Alan, like with Ducore. They're taking steps to remedy the problems we saw last season and I think doing it effectively. So kind of kudos to everyone for getting this over the line, particularly Ancelotti, particularly Mashiri, two key players in this. And if you're Dominic Calvert-Lewin, so kind of renowned now in the air, um, so really dominant at times, and you're Richarlison as well, somebody else who's very, very good in the air by Premier League standard, you've got to be licking your lips at the prospect of playing yeah. with James Rodriguez and getting that kind of service. Again, this is where the excitement comes in. It's not just external. It's not just supporters, journalists like ourselves, the prospect of seeing James Rodriguez in an Everton shirt. But there will be excitement in that squad too, that they're playing with such a renowned, world-renowned and a household name. Yeah, it is, I said in, in the intro, didn't I, a bit of a pinch yourself moment. It didn't, you know, aware that sounds a little bit corny, but it, it is in, in a sense, you know, where you, you think the players that have been through Everton in, in recent seasons, spent an awful lot of money and, and, you know, they haven't worked. But as we said last year in a piece about um, Mishiri, I should say, his burning ambition was always to bring an elite player, a really Hollywood name, to Goodison. And, you know, he's done that now. Obviously, there, as we've discussed, there are caveats of whether or not he's at the levels he was in 2014, 2015. Well, he isn't, frankly, but, you know, he's only 29. Um, and there's every chance he could be. He's got to, again, got to adapt to the Premier League. But nevertheless, a hugely exciting signing. And, and I think you're right to praise the way they've done the deal as well, because... It's interesting, it's a two-year contract with an option on a third. Yeah. But we sort of understand that's triggered by appearances in the second year, which for a player who's, who's in appearance record's been hit and miss, as we said, that's quite a savvy sort of clause to build in, really, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so, because we've mentioned there is a guy on, well, a guy on a lot of money, a 29-year-old, who we need to see how he goes. And I'm... I, I would be optimistic about James Rodriguez under Carlo Ancelotti. I think it could be the start, the start of something really good for Everton Football Club if those two click. 
but you also have to cover your bottom lines as well. And and Everton as a football club have handed big salaries, big wages, and long, long contracts to guys who have ended up staying at the club and diminishing in resale value. Not for one minute saying Everton will, will want to go out and sell. Hamas Rodriguez, at the end of that two-year project, if anything, I think it's far more likely that they're going to want him to stay. But effectively what you're doing, as I'm saying, is you're, you're covering your bottom lines. What happens if this doesn't work? What happens if actually you get to the end of the two years and you think, he's been all right, but we're paying too much money for this guy now. We need to get him off the wage bill for FFP concerns or or whatever else. I don't think that's likely, but um, that, that that's one eventuality of, of many. Yeah. And from that point of view, I think the only other thing to feed in is that we, as we understand it, it's um, a club option, i.e. Everton will be the ones making that decision. But if he plays a certain number of games, it will be triggered anyway, automatically, that, that additional year, that, that third year. Uh, and that's quite important in itself because if James has played, I don't, we don't know what that number is, by the way, but if James plays, let's say, 50 games in those two years and triggers that option, it will, it will be because he's played well and he's impressed Carlo Ancelotti. So it becomes a win-win situation. If at the end of the two years, Everton don't extend it, it's because he's not been a success. That to me, I don't know about you, mate, but that to me seems like really savvy, intelligent way of looking at things. And maybe a sign that they're starting to learn from the past. I think Alan's a three-year deal as well. Give those players three years, maybe not five, given their age. And then when you get a younger player in, somebody who's 22, 23, 24, then I think you look at four or five-year deals. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> I think whoever wrote that sentence deserves a pay rise, really. At Manscaped, they've just launched in the UK, and they say, and probably rightly so, we've gone years without using the right tools for the job in this country. So you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Nobody wants a manscaping accident. And the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. Killing two birds with one stone. I like it. We've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to the podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping right now by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. And uh, yeah, happy shaving. I think it's overwhelming, like we say, positive and uh it gets people talking about Everton. It puts it puts Everton front front and center and on the news, not just in this country, but globally. Um, and again, as we understand, we hesitate to to basically go through the entire piece that Paddy's mentioned there. But it, please do read if you haven't already. That's another strand of the thinking behind signing Hammers, isn't it? It's it's what it does for Everton's um, brand and what it does for their their um, their, their PR really in a much sought after market, which is South America. Yeah, and you look at it already and Everton have launched Spanish and Portuguese channels, social media channels to try and exploit those markets. There's the possibility as well that they eventually open. Um, well, first of all, they're likely to open pop-up stores in Bogota, the, the capital of Colombia, but they're also exploring the possibility some way down the line of having a headquarters, a base, in either Miami or Southern California. 
Um, I, I spoke to somebody the other day and I was told that US views of Everton's YouTube channel have gone up by over 700% in the last three years. Now you put that together with the record sales of all the Hummel kits this year, and you can see that the club is taking some strides commercially here. Hammers will help with that. He'll help inordinately. He is Columbia's David Beckham, as, as I think it was phrased to us by one person. A social media following on Instagram alone of, I think, above 45,000, which is more than Liverpool Football Club. It's more than Manchester United. These things aren't the only factor when signing a player. The player needs to be a good footballer on the pitch, of course, but they do help with shirt sales. They do help with raising the profile of Everton abroad, which is something we, I think we all want to see. And having an icon like James Rodriguez, having alongside him, Yeri Mina, another really important player for the Colombian national team will help. And likewise, in that Portuguese-speaking Brazilian market with Bernard, Alan, Richarlison, that those guys can help Everton start to make some ground over there. So I, I don't know about you, but I was I was really pleased to see the night of the Hammers announcement, key buildings in Liverpool, particularly the Albert Docks, um, emblazoned with James Rodriguez's face. Um, that, that was really quite nice to see. And then the main building in Bogota, forgive me, I don't know the name off the top of my head, hmm. but that also had James Rodriguez's number 19, the back of his new number 19 Everton shirt, home shirt, um, projected um, onto it there as well. So we're seeing activations in the US, places like Miami Beach, Bogota in Colombia, and back home in Liverpool. Everton need to expand in all of those markets. It's an ongoing battle, not only with our city neighbours, of course, but also with other Premier League and international clubs to get those eyes on Everton games and turn them into supporters, people that buy kits, all those kinds of things. All I can say is that Hamas Rodriguez helps Everton here massively, and that's why there's kind of a two-fold uh, advantage to signing somebody of his stature. And of course, it's not just um, James Rodriguez who's come through the doors uh, beforehand. It's a player that in many ways uh, could be as influential, even arguably, certainly in terms of what we needed, more so in Alan from Napoli. Um, an absolute ball-winning machine from what we've people we've spoken to, watched him at his best uh, in, in Naples. Um, really tenacious, passionate player. Uh, heard some really exciting stories about his the <laughs> levels of desire that he has. You know, I believe he's quite unflinching in the dressing room as well. Um, therefore, leads by example. It's just what we've been crying out for. It's been plain to see, isn't it? It, it you know, without albeit not getting too carried away before he's we've seen him in a blue shirt, but on on paper it just sounds like what we what we've desperately needed for a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, and desperately needed since Idrissa Gay departed and went to PSG. Obviously, Everton have been unlucky with Jean-Philippe Gabamin's fitness. Very, very unlucky there. Fabian Delph has not stayed fit either. So they, they have had their issues and they've not all been entirely of their own making. Getting Alan in this summer signals that you've finally got Idrissa Gay's successor all being well. Fulfilling a similar, although not totally the same, brief I love when you watch videos of Alan on YouTube and when you when I've seen him in games as well, 
he celebrates tackles. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, there's this brilliant clip. I can't remember who it's against. I think it's Lazio <laughs> away where he's playing for Napoli and he chases somebody down in, into the left corner, slides, wins the ball, puts it out for a throw in and then starts fist pumping. And I just thought that's great. That's absolutely fantastic and something that Everton fans will love. It's been quite clear from from watching clips of him and hearing what people have said about him to you, me, and in the, the wider media, that Alan is the kind of ball winner that Everton have lacked for some time and somebody that the fans could really get on board with. I think Everton fans more than most love a thumping tackle, yeah, particularly at Goodison Park. So... Um, that's something that's surely going to delight them. And we spoke to Carlo Ancelotti actually after the the final preseason friendly against Preston, and he described Alan as tactically versatile, uh, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, in his words, but intelligent, somebody that works for others, somebody that's important in the dressing room. Everton need more of those figures, the guys that are going to kind of take the bull by the horns, not be passive when they go away to from home to a Tottenham or a Chelsea, but effectively grab the game by the scruff of the net and dictate. And I think in in his own way, maybe not as this metronomic passer, but as the guy that goes around putting out fires, mm. keeping his distribution relatively simple, Alan could well be that guy. So my excitement about these signings are that they, as, as I think I mentioned earlier, they look to solve problems problem areas and deficiencies in this Everton squad. Alan, as we said, is the Idrissa Gay successor potentially if, if if all goes well. Ducore, I mean, it's been a long time. We, we were chatting earlier over a coffee, weren't we? About yeah. the idea of a genuine box-to-box midfielder, probably one that Everton haven't had since Thomas Graveson, you would suggest. And Ducore is even more mobile than he is. Ducore providing that energy that Carlo Ancelotti so craved and that he turned into a buzzword in press conferences with us towards the end of the the season. And James, the ability to create and score from advanced midfield positions. Um, All being well, Everton have solved these issues. The midfield, the revamped midfield looks in a lot better fettle. And I think now attention just turns to getting some players off the books and to look at what other bits of business they can do in the market to make them even stronger going in not only to the season, the new season starting on, on September the 12th, but beyond that as well, because obviously the window doesn't close until October the 5th. Harry sponsors Glad Tidings, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. As a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash glad tidings right now. That's harrys.com forward slash glad tidings. Hard enough to get your Harry's out in order to uh, get yourself a shave for the next time we get to Goodison. You know, we, these lockdown beards can't uh, can't be gracing the press room next time we get in there. <laughs> I was thinking, who's the character in The Hangover with the really long beard? <laughs> I basically, Alan. I'm going to. I'm going to come out, Alan. I'm going to come out of lockdown looking like Alan. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, I, I say that t- tongue in cheek because actually, I'm, as I mentioned on last week's show, I'm not particularly great at, at growing a beard. But um, yeah, it, it 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 feels like a long time since we've been to Goodison any, in any case. And, and maybe that's about to change. We'll see what else is on the horizon, but then there could potentially be more more coming in. Certainly in, in the sense of uh, there's still the 
unresolved issue over left-back cover for Luca Dean uh, in the wake of Leighton Baines' retirement at the end of the season. And although it might be they decide to go with John Joe Kenny and Seamus Coleman, I'd say that's a bit of a grey area again, given the sort of noise over yeah. Kenny's future and whether or not he's seen as somebody who they want as the, as the sort of the next right back, should I say, when um, Seamus is ready to hang up his boots. So we'll see over that. But yeah, watch the space on, on more incomings. Um, so, you know, what what is also nice, I think, pardon, you know, is that these players are through the door before the season starts. And that's something that, you know, it doesn't traditionally tend to happen. Really with Everton, we, we usually have to do our business towards the end of the window, don't we? But, you know, they, they're going to have the best part of a week, um, well, less than a week in fairness, but sort of some serious time on, on Finch Farm training pitch and whether or not they're in the position to start on Sunday, who knows. But certainly they're going to be in and around for the Salford game and going forward, it's um, it bodes well. Yeah, it does. And I think the preoccupation for Ancelotti and also for a lot of supporters as well was to see some of these guys in place in situ for the start of the season so that they could start to bed in. Alan, I think, is a slightly different case to James in so far as he's had more of a pre-season. He was with Napoli on a on a training camp before he arrived at Everton. And while they were managing him and his minutes in games, uh, pre-season games, to make sure that he didn't get injured ahead of the impending Everton move, he has still had minutes under his belt and pre-season training games under his belt as well. James, I think, has missed much of pre-season um, if if not the entirety of it. So he's a slightly different kettle of fish for me. I wouldn't necessarily expect him to come in and be a starter week in, week out. They're going to have to manage that gradually. And then Ducore kind of fits closer to Alan, I would suggest, uh, insofar as um, he's he's been with Watford. He's, he's trained and probably has that bit more sharpness. So... Um, yeah, I, I think we'll see a couple of these guys in contention. In a sense, some of them will need to be because you look at Everton's start of the season and I think it's it's Tottenham on Sunday the 13th of September. Then it's Salford City in the Carabao Cup in midweek and then it's West Brom Saturday, the Saturday after uh, in an early kickoff. So that that's already, that's quite a tough, gruelling schedule at this early point in the season. This is where sides that have big squads that are able to rotate do well. And it might be an opportunity for not only some of those guys to get minutes and bed in, but also maybe some of your younger players as well. You look at somebody like a Lewis Gibson, uh, if injuries continue to take hold at at centre-back. Anthony Gordon, who now is considered part of the first-team picture, pleasingly, because I think he deserves to be. Uh, Jared Branthwaite, if he gets himself fit after the knock he's had. Um, and we've seen some others, haven't we, in, in pre-season? Ellis Sims, Kyle John, uh, in and around the first team. Maybe not quite there yet, but in and around the first team. And I'm probably looking to try and push on and get some kind of action in, in Carabao Cup competition. So this is where the squad, as I say, this is where the squad, you would hope, um, comes into its own. Um, and these guys are going to have a role to play pretty soon, I would imagine, particularly Alan and Ducore. Absolutely, yeah. So Decore, like I say, at the top, we're expecting soon. So uh, again, if you listen to this podcast, maybe on Wednesday, he's probably already been <laughs> been revealed in an Everton shirt and, and caps a really exciting flurry of activity for the Blues. 
looks a decent tie to start our Carabao Cup campaign as well in Salford City, isn't it, Paddy? You know, again, I'm not going to bla- you know blather on about this, but a competition Everton should absolutely every season be trying to aiming to seriously win. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to see Everton win silverware. I think it's it's obviously been long overdue. We're repeatedly re- reminded of that every single year, particularly in derby games. So I think it's something. It's the monkey that Everton need to get off their back, and I'm that's why I'm one of those people that condones going quite hard for the Carabao and the FA Cup, particularly when there's less to play for in the league. If if things have kind of teetered off there, so. I, I hope Everton take it seriously. I, I really, really do. Salford aren't gonna should not be taken lightly. And the nice added element to this is that Phil Neville, <laughs> former Everton captain, plays a role at, at Salford City as, as as of course does Gary Neville and and Ryan Giggs and, and various others. Um, so that that's an interesting tie. I just think at this stage you, you want a home game, preferably against a lower team, while the draw is re- regionalized. Let's not be travelling long distances when there are Premier League games to play as well. So we, we're at Goodison Park. We're against a pretty local side, a lower league side as well. Let's hope Everton do progress. Um, there can be no excuses, obviously, if they don't. So um, I actually don't think we could have hoped for anything more from, from this particular draw. I always want to be at home in the early stages of cup competitions. Right now, we're offering listeners the opportunity to try out The Athletic for free. You can enjoy all of our writing on the Blues, including our recent article on how Everton's new recruits could invigorate Ancelotti's midfield. And our colleague Alex Stewart has also written a piece on how James Rodriguez will fit into this Everton team. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Everton pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Everton pod to sign up for a 30 day free trial. So once again, pens out, it's theathletic.com forward slash Everton pod. So we look forward to the coming days and weeks with uh, renewed optimism, I'd say, after, you know, it was a difficult end to last season, but plenty to um, to get excited about. And isn't that a nice uh, way to be talking about everything before the start of the season, albeit with the uh, the question marks hanging over whether or not we're going to be able to watch them at Goodison Park <laughs> anytime soon. Well, we'll um, be looking into the, these things uh, on the site. Please do stick with us, check out the Everton section. And um, thank you once again for listening.